is the Steelers Standard on Steelers Nation Radio and Podcast on Steelers.com. Tom Offerman, Kellen Gursky, and Jacob Recht coming at you on another episode of the Steelers Standard. On this episode, we're going to take a look at the top five things the Steelers need to do to rebuild. That word rebuilding has been thrown around a lot in regards to the Pittsburgh Steelers, so we'll really dive into what that might look like a little bit later on in the episode. But first, uh, I feel like we've started a lot of our episodes right here because this is the biggest thing that has to happen in the Steelers' offseason, getting Ben Roethlisberger back on the team at a cap hit that can be workable for the Pittsburgh Steelers. And finally, today, we hear that there has been communication between Ben and the front office. The two sides met today, and Jerry Dulac reported that Things went well between Steelers and the quarterback. So finally, a stroke in the direction of Ben coming back after for a couple weeks, it started to tick towards that other side of the ledger where we were speculating that Ben might not be here in the 2021 season. Things gain a little bit more traction going the other way after their meeting today. Yeah, and I mean, that's great news, obviously, that uh, the the two have finally met. Um, We've been waiting for, what, a week and a half, almost two weeks. It might be two weeks at this point. Um, We've been waiting for them to meet and. Um, you know, all uh, reports say that the meeting went well. Um, we don't know exactly the details of the meeting, but going off of that, it makes it sound like that Ben will be back next year. Um, we don't, like I said, we don't know the full details of exactly everything that happened there, but the fact that they met, the fact that it seemed to go well um, is a positive sign in Ben coming back. Um, regardless of what you think about Ben coming back, um, I do think that he will be back now for, for sure, especially after meeting with uh, with Art Rooney and um, the Steelers and company. So, yeah, I'm, I definitely feel a lot more comfortable and a lot more, I guess, relieved, not necessarily because Ben's coming back, but because of the fact that it's just done now. We're not sitting here speculating. We're not sitting here worrying about, well, is Ben going to meet with the team? What's Why is the reason that Ben's not ha- – that meeting has not um, happened yet – and I think we've got that answer. It just took a little while, um, but he's here. He met with Rooney, and you know, at least we have that out of the way. Yeah, the last point you made, Kellen, was that he met with Art Rooney, of all people. I didn't know that's who the meeting was assigned to be with. I thought it was going to be something like a Colbert thing, talking about numbers strictly. But the fact that it, it was Ben and Art, and it came out, uh, as you said, Tom, due to Jared Dulac's reporting that it seems like everything is going to be okay with Ben coming back. That makes me feel a lot better. Aside from now, as Kellen said, the waiting period is over. They've finally gotten together. The fact that it was Art Rooney in the meeting, you know, this is the guy. This is, this is the guy who has the final say on all things Steelers. If he comes out of that meeting, feeling good about Ben Roethlisberger, that means all, all signs point, point toward go. And that we should definitely expect to see Ben come back for at least one more year. This thing has been more up and down than the Phantom's Revenge, but it kind of does feel like we're pulling into the station now. And like you both kind of said there, and I said, Ben is going to be back in 2021. And, you know, the Steelers have really said all along that they would like to run back 2020 as much as they possibly can. Uh, Big Ben coming back is probably the biggest piece of that puzzle if they do want to run back 2020. Obviously, there's going to be some players that have to move on just because of the cap and that situation. But if you're going to try to run things back, you have to bring back the quarterback or else the team's going to be completely different. And that seems to be what they've been tracking towards all year long. They're going to bring back as many players as they possibly can. And Ben Roethlisberger is right at the front of that. And again, if you're going to have 
the mindset of running back, you like what you saw out of 2020. There was a lot of good signs. You want to run that back. Then Ben Roethlisberger is the key to that ignition. Right. And if, if that is the mode that you're going to go, and obviously it is the mode that the Steelers are going to go, they're going to run back 2020. You have to have that familiar face, that, you know, franchise guy running the, running the team, running the offense. And that is Ben Roethlisberger. And, um, you know, like I said, regardless of whether you think that's the right move or not, in the Steelers' eyes it is, and in the Steelers' eyes they want to run back 2020. Um, and what better way to run back 2020 than with your Hall of Famer coming back for you? Um, like I said, it might not be the right move at the end of the day, but it's what the Steelers want to do, and the Steelers are always going to try to win, and in their mind there's no better way to win than to have Ben Roethlisberger come back. Yeah, I think that's the most important point, Kellen, is winning, right? The Steelers' way is to win and to never kind of take the easy way out and, and tank, really, or, or start to rebuild. They, they're they almost afraid of that phrase to to try to rebuild. And as long as Ben Roethlisberger's around, there's going to be no chance of a rebuild. So you can expect the Steelers to go all out for the Super Bowl for at least one more year. Despite taking a reduction in his cap hit, uh, him coming back, though, almost all but guarantees departures of guys like Connor, uh, Juju, and I think most definitely Bud Dupree. Uh, there also might be a couple more cap casualties with him coming back. So it's not like Ben coming back at a reduced cap hit is going to just magically make Save all these the players yeah. be able to be re-signed and magically make the cap work for them. It's going to help for sure, and you're going to be able to bring back a couple of players that you might not have brought back if Ben weren't going to reduce his cap hit and play under the $41 million hit that he's due to play under now. But one of the guys in there that he was pretty outspoken about loving to play with at the end of 2020 was Juju Smith-Schuster. He's absolutely going to be gone as a result from Ben Roethlisberger coming back to play. Clearly, Ben Roethlisberger loves Juju, but not enough to keep him from making this decision. And he clearly also feels comfortable that the guys behind Juju are going to be able to step up into his shoes and he's not going to be lacking in the receiving room. No, and I think we, we've talked about that a lot um, in the receiving room that we believe that the three guys that are still there, um, you know, can provide a, a sort of comfortability for Ben. Um, at least he had a full season to throw to all three of them last year. Uh, I think Claypool really, you know, in his rookie year w was really darn good. His snap count went down um, later in the year, but, um, you know, that's a different conversation. But all three of them, I think, are are talented enough. And, Tom, you, may, you were talking about kind of the salary cap there, and there's going to be um, cap cuts and things like that. Um, we, we all saw that um, the NFL increased the minimum salary cap to $180 million. It was It's $5 million up from where it was originally thought to be. Does that mean that the Steelers are going to – um, be able to sign a bunch of guys that we thought were going to be cap casualties. No, but it is an extra $5 million that the Steelers can work with and, and to try to get under the cap. Um, I know that's not a lot, but anytime that the minimum salary cap gets increased, it's a little bit of a help for the Steelers and for really any team. Certainly any team. And we talked about in a previous episode about maybe going after some of the Packers free agents who they had to cut ways with and, Sure, we said on that last episode of which we discussed that it's almost a win-win, right? The Steelers could go after them to add some depth, but if they don't, you know, they still have that extra space to spend money elsewhere if they feel the need to do so. Is this really the best thing for the Steelers, though, for Ben Roethlisberger for ben to, to come back? Mm -hmm. uh, I don't see them being anything more than a six seed, really, if Ben does come back and plays well. Uh, then there's always the case of him coming back and not playing well. And then yeah, you're I don't talking think about best-case scenario. Best-case scenario, seed, yeah. but... Other than being that wild card six or seven seed sneaking in the back door, maybe at nine and seven, 
can you really win a playoff game? That's something that they couldn't achieve this year after going 12 and four. So who's to say next year with less pieces in the 2020 team than they had, but for the most part, most of the team being intact, can they go in and win a road playoff game in the first round as a wild card? I just don't think that that's really in the cards, whether or not Ben does come back or not. So him coming back might just delay what would be the best time to start rebuilding completely now, because instead of a complete rebuild, now the rebuild has to look like, how are you building around Ben right. for and, one more year? And I think that's kind of what we keep talking about. And, um, you know, if you ask me that question, is this the best decision for the Steelers? And especially moving forward, I, I would have to say no, um, just because of the fact that, like you said, you were you were eleven and zero at one point this year. You finished twelve and four, and then you get bounced in the first round by your little brother um, in the Cleveland Browns. You get embarrassed by the Cleveland Browns. Um, that doesn't really sound like a you know, especially with an aging quarterback. After that season, you would think this was a perfect time to rebuild, to restart, to to go over again and say, all right, l- let's change the way that we do things. You know, we have an aging quarterback. If we move on from him, all of a sudden our franchise, yes, looks a hell of a lot different, but at least it it allows us to start doing this now instead of delaying it if Ben does come back. And that's kind of the point you were alluding to there, Tom. Does Ben coming back delay the inevitable of, of a rebuild? Because at some point, let's be honest here, at some point the Steelers are going to have to rebuild. There, there's no question. Regardless of whether you find a franchise guy in the draft, those first couple years are going to be rough. I mean, you think back to some of the greatest quarterbacks who have ever played. Peyton Manning, the one that comes to mind the most, what did he go, 115 in his first year as a starter? It's going to happen. It's just a matter of I think the Steelers are delaying the inevitable of a rebuild. I'm not saying that when Ben leaves, they're going 1-15. That's not the point that I'm making. But at some point, they're going to have to rebuild, and I just think this is, is delaying the inevitable. It definitely is. I mean, that's the only way to really say it to to comment on this sign or on Ben's meeting and the return of Ben is that yes, it, it will delay the inevitable of a rebuild. Even though the Steelers do not like that term to rebuild, they they really feel like no matter who is on their team, they feel they are capable of pursuing a Super Bowl. Now that's been within the last seventeen years with Ben at the helm, even without Ben. Going back to 2019, they still tried to make a big effort, a big push. They were 8-5 and five at one point, and they easily could have made the playoffs if they won any any of their final three games. So, yeah, Kellen, I'm in total agreement with you. If Ben, it's not necessarily the right move. It's not necessarily the wrong move. But all you can definitely point to for certain is that it's definitely going to push back what will inevitably come, and that is the post-Ben Roethlisberger era. Whether people like to admit it or not, that era is coming. Well, there's certainly some areas on the roster that the Steelers need to build back up, and maybe they don't like to use the word rebuild, so maybe we can use the word retool if that'll make (laughs) Steelers feel a little better. The top five places that they need to retool uh, around Ben, and then also in the years after Ben, the next two to three years, they're going to have weaknesses at these spots. The number one for me, I I think, is the offensive line. I mean, it's the obvious one, really, but and we've talked yep. about it a lot, but it's time to completely revamp this unit. Uh, we mentioned how when Ramon Foster hung it up after the 2019 season that that was the first real domino to fall, and then we see Marquise Pouncey and Al Villanueva are going to fall, uh, the former by retirement, the latter by just leaving in free agency. Uh, DeCastro, really the only one left there that Ben will be familiar with, and he probably doesn't have too much left in the tank 
past the 2021 season and his 2020 season wasn't exactly his Picasso either. So you saw signs of regressions there. So all five of these positions are now all of a sudden up for grabs. Uh, Dotson has a pretty good grasp on the one guard spot, but other than that, there's a lot of work to be done to retool this offensive line. Yeah, I agree. And, and I, I think it's the one position group they have the most work at. Well, I think that's even more important too, especially if you have Ben coming back because you want to, and yeah, <laughs> obviously we're operating under the assumption that he is and he will be back. But that's the biggest thing is that you want to um, you want you definitely want to have um, a good offensive line in front of your old quarterback, your aging quarterback who's in the last year of his contract, who is probably playing his last year of football. You're definitely going to want to have a good offensive line around him. You don't want him to be getting hit all the time. And it definitely is uh, important, too, because we all saw it last year. Ben doesn't move. In really the last handful of years, Ben doesn't move the way that he used to. He doesn't evade pressure the way that he used to. Um, and he certainly doesn't use his feet very often. So you really got to keep him upright. And I agree with you, especially if you're going to have Ben next year, that's got to be your your mode moving forward is we got to get this offensive line uh, working well because at the other end of that, it opens up the run game too and it takes more pressure off of Ben. Definitely. And one word that is always associated with the O-line is consistency. And that was something the Steelers were able to say about their offensive line was that it was consistent. It, and the members of the offensive line were consistent. You didn't see a big scramble of names from season to season. You saw the same guys every year, Ramon Foster, David DeCastro, Marquise Pouncey. And I think it was up until when DeCastro went down, uh, it was the first time this past season when DeCastro missed his first game due to injury, it was the first time that neither Ramon Foster nor DeCastro were in the starting lineup or on the field for a game even uh, since 2012. And that should tell you everything. And you throw in Marquise Pouncer as well. That's that's 60% of your offensive line that's been a, a, a stable position, a stable factor that has never been up in question or up in the air of whether or not they'll be there. And now that all three of those guys are, or I'm sorry, two of those three guys are gone and the cash are starting to wane a little bit, you really have to start to, instead of using rebuild, we'll say retool. And it looks like they're headed in that, in that direction of bringing in guys like Dotson and going after offensive linemen in the draft this year. So you really hope that the guys that you pursue in the draft will be able to kind of stick around for as long as the previous guys have had done so for the better part of the last decade. So, yeah, I think we're all in agreement that the number one priority here has to be to retool the offensive line. Uh, the second group I look at that needs to be rebuilt, uh, and maybe retooling is definitely more appropriate for this than the offensive line because there are bodies on the roster here, is the running back position. And Jerry Dulek was on uh, the Mark Madden show earlier today, and he kind of just, you know, it was a little bit of an aside while he was making another point just said, you know, Connor won't be back. They have no interest in bringing Connor back. And I listen to whatever Jerry says because he's more plugged in than most people when it comes to the Pittsburgh Steelers. So looks like Connor is going to be out, and that leaves them with three bodies at the running back position, but really Two. no quality. Will McFarlane, Samuels, and, I'm, and I'm Benny dis Snell. I'm discluding Jalen Samuels. I guess you disclude him, but— He's I, barely an NFL player you in kinda my have opinion. To. You kind of have to keep him, though, now because Connor's yeah. going to be gone, but— they're definitely going to look probably in the draft to pick a running back. 
Uh, but any aging quarterback needs a strong running game. Absolutely. Uh, look at Rodgers and Aaron Jones. Look at Brady and playoff Lenny in Tampa Bay and Ronald Jones. They had a two-headed monster there. Look at Philly Rivers. They got to the playoffs because of the combination of Jonathan Taylor and um, Naheem Hines, Hines yeah. in the Colts' backfield. And, and then Drew Brees has been relying on Alvin Kamara in that running game for, Mark Ingram forever. For Mark too. Ingram before that. Taysom Hill helps with that running game, too. So... Any really good aging quarterback has a strong running game to rely on. Ben has not had that. Uh, he had it in 2018 when Connor was a pro bowler, and he obviously had it with Le'Veon Bell before that. But 2019, Ben gets hurt, and then last year there was no running game. So you need a strong one if you're going to have Ben age gracefully for at least one more season. Right, absolutely. And, and that wasn't my uh, number two. I, this, I didn't really go position. I'll just say this really. Um, I'll just go off the the running backs really quick. Um, we keep talking about the running backs, and you're going to have to find a dynamic guy. And and we keep saying if if Etn or Harris is there in the first round, I think you have to take one of them um, because not only is it going to help Ben in his last season, you're going to have a stable, you know, good running back for for four years that you could control on a rookie deal after. Well, three years after Ben leaves, you know, maybe a, a fifth uh, is possible too. But you're going to have that guy for the future. Um, even after Ben leaves, I think that is very important. Um, but for me, um, I didn't. This isn't a position group, but I think one of the biggest tools, um, one of the biggest needs to rebuild or retool, um, is to just flat out change the way the Steelers play offense. Um, I oh, think I think you I think you have to rely on a running game, and that goes into what we keep talking about. You're going to have to retool the offensive line. You're going to have to find a a dynamic kind of explosive running back to change the way you play offense because we know the Steelers threw the ball continuously time and time and time and time and time again last year, and it put Ben um, in harm's way a lot of the time. I mean, you never want to have any quarterback, let alone an aging quarterback coming off of elbow surgery, throwing the ball 50 times a game. You're just not going to win like that. You're just not. Um, and especially with an aging quarterback, it's not going to work. So um, for me, I, I think changing the way you play offense has to come before anything, um, before anything other than the offensive line. Um, and I know that running back and offensive line goes into changing the way you play offense, um, but they have to commit to a running game next year in order to be successful. Um, and I don't know if they're going to do it. Uh, many times on our Steelers Saturday show, it was what we hoped and what we thought would be the best, right. and then the Steelers would right. kind of do the opposite. Um, but I do think they really need to, to completely change the way they play offense next year. I like that you didn't go strictly position by position, and I think it's – noteworthy rather that we we've talked about it at length multiple times in the past that the offense in the in the first six games or so before they even started to slow down a bit it was completely different from the last 10 and I think a big testament to that was one play that really stood out to me over the season was the Steelers longest play from scrimmage was a a double end around to Ray Ray McLeod. That was like a 74 yard run. It wasn't a touchdown run, but it was something like 70 yards or maybe almost, almost 70 yards. But that came in again, I think either against Philly or Houston. And you never saw something like that again, or, or something that actually was effective, right? Maybe they tried to run it, but maybe some of the guys like Deontay tried to make a cut that was unnecessary and he got stuck in his, in his, in his footing. So yeah, Kellen, I'm glad you said that because it's absolutely, it's absolutely necessary to kind of retool your playbook. And I'm glad you took that route. Tom, I actually did not agree with your running back choice for the second uh, in terms of priority because I think when you build your offensive line, that takes time. 
and that kind of affects the offense as a whole. So I think once the offensive line kind of has its stability back, it, even if the guys who we've named, like Ray Ray and Jalen Samuels and Benny Snell, aren't the flashiest names, they'll be able to do more with the offensive line that's that's improved. So I have running backs later on my list, but at number two, and this has kind of been a trend for me, I've been prioritizing this group a lot when we've talked about positions of need and positions of depth. Depth, rather. I have cornerbacks at number two. And it's because if you look at the safeties, Mika Fitzpatrick is going to get a big deal when his contract year comes up. And Terrell Edmonds will probably be able to be retained by the Steelers uh, in terms of there's not a growing market for Terrell Edmonds. I think the Steelers will be able to say, listen, you're our guy. I don't know if there is really a lot of teams calling your name. So let's try to find a middle ground here and, and keep you here where we know you're happy. So I think Minka and 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 Edmonds are going to be Steelers for at least a couple more years. But we talked about Ben Roethlisberger being brought back in. And one of the big names that we've always, that we've talked about all off season long in terms of if Ben comes back and Ben takes that cap hit for the Steelers, one name that will definitely be on the chopping block in terms of unlikely to come back is Joe Hayden. And every year that Steve Nelson has been, on the Steelers, it seems like the market has been growing and growing for Steve Nelson. He is just playing himself into a big contract. And I don't know with Ben taking the hit against the cap that he would have. And with guys like TJ and Minka, who will absolutely deserve the contracts that they get. I don't know if the Steelers will be able to retain Steve Nelson when his contract year comes up. So I'm looking, you know, as we've said down the long, long term, and I don't know if the Steelers will be able to retain Joe Hayden or Steve Nelson for the long haul. So in my opinion, I think you really need to start looking at cornerbacks in the draft because it's likely that these two guys, Joe Hayden and Steve Nelson, won't be around for much longer. Yeah, I have secondary on my list too uh, as four. And just to speed things up, running out of time, uh, three was inside linebacker depth because Vince Williams, I think, is going to be a cap casualty. You got Devin Bush, really good building block right there. He could be a star in the league, but... Every good Batman needs a Robin, and I don't think Spillane or Williamson are Devin Bush's Robins. At the secondary, I agree with almost everything you just said there, Jacob. When it comes to that, uh, Hayden, even if he is back this year, who knows if he'll be back much longer after that. He's getting up there in age. And then finally, at number five, I had the defensive ends. And this is not really that big of a priority, but this is kind of more looking at at the term rebuilding and looking more towards the future three or four or five right, years down the line because cam hayward and to it look they're getting old and two right. it's been injury prone before and you hate to say that because hayward just restructured his deal so he's a great team player he opened about seven million dollars in cap space for the steelers uh still got a lot more work to do but that's a step in the right direction to it is most likely going to help with restructuring his deal as well so those guys have been great stealers, but unfortunately their window of their prime is closing faster and faster and it's time to start looking at the guys that you might be able to bring in to sit behind them for a year or two so that when they do finally fall off that cliff, you can replace them almost seamlessly. Yeah, I agree with you. And uh, to round up my list real quick, uh, corner and secondary, I guess, was at four. A position that we haven't talked about a lot is where I have five, and I've done a lot of thinking on it, um, especially this year. This is with this year in mind, having been uh, coming back. Um, I have tight end, but and it's more, I guess, thinking – in the future, because mm -hmm. if Eric Ebron doesn't come back um, or if, you know, he's gone after next year, whatever it is, 
you don't have anybody. You, you, have, no one. you have nobody to play tight end. And, and the Vance McDonald retirement um, really, not that it blind it blindsided the Steelers, it was a big surprise. And you're not going to miss, <clears throat> excuse me, you're not going to miss what, what Vance necessarily did on the field, but you're going to miss just having an extra body that you can play tight end. They, they don't have another guy on the roster. Um, you, you know, they have the, the Raider kid from Youngstown State. They have Gentry. But are those guys, you know, two guys that you can really rely on down the stretch or in the future? I, I don't think so. Um, so I do think tight end is a growing concern. Uh, maybe not this year, but but definitely in the future. Um, you got to, I mean, you look at some of the best teams in the league. I mean, look at the two teams that played in the Super Bowl. You know, they had Gronk and they had Travis Kelsey on mm-hmm. opposite ends. Um, and one of the best tight ends ever and a guy yep. that's kind of trending in that in that direction is Kelsey. So I do think tight ends really important, maybe not right now, but definitely down the line, it's going to be a position of need. Yeah, so to round out my top five behind the offensive line and the cornerback specifically, I actually had the entire defensive line at number three because you look at all three guys, Tuitt is obviously younger, but he's he is injury prone, as Tom pointed out. And you look at Cam, you look at Tyson, they're both uh, – older than 30 and that when you consider an NFL career is is a little bit past the prime thankfully they're playing uh up to I think to their greatest potential right now as as much as you know some north of 30 year olds could be doing at at their age so it's definitely important to look at their replacements because both of those guys are going to get older quickly and and maybe you could see them you know kind of fall off a cliff I hope not but it's definitely possible when you consider their age so I had them at number three I didn't have running back until number four because again I think the priority on offense has to be when you consider it an offensive production it all falls on the quarterback and the offensive line's ability to protect for the pass and protect for the run and so that's why I have running back a little bit lower on my list and to round out I have quarterback at number five and that's that's in both cases if Ben Roethlisberger doesn't come back this year or if he does because no matter what you're doing this year you're going to have to start looking at quarterbacks in the draft and maybe even free agency and there's no doubt in my mind Kevin Colbert who's been a fantastic GM for the Steelers uh, even though he whether or not Ben is coming back there's no doubt in my mind that Colbert is is starting to feel out certain guys or starting to look at certain guys in college still or maybe some free agents who will be available at the, the start of next offseason at that position of quarterback so that's definitely something you have to look at and obviously we've been talking about it a lot at length but it's now a reality that you have to start looking for Ben's replacement that's going to do it for this episode of the Steelers Standard thank you as always for listening to us on SNR and for checking out the podcast version at Steelers.com on the next episode of the Steelers Standard we're going to take a look at the other three teams in the AFC North You only play three teams twice if you're the Pittsburgh Steelers, so we'll take an in-depth look at their off-seasons and what they might project to be in 2021. And there's some other interesting NFL headlines that we can dive into on the next episode of Steelers Standard. For Kellen Gersky and Jacob Recht, I'm Tom Opferman. Thank you, as always, for listening.